0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smells Like Teen Angst. Today, we are going to talk about Cruel Summer, Season 2, Episode 3, Bloody Knuckles. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I'm Sarah, and as always, I am here with these two lovely ladies, introduce yourselves please we're going to fight over who goes first again <laughs> i'm jordan i'm jordan i'm just going to do it i'm jordan you can find me at
1: lambertra go ahead kiki and i'm kiki and you can find me at the life of kiki on social medias where i don't post but you will always find me here because that's how you keep in touch with me and yeah it
0: always makes me giggle cuz i'm like introduce yourselves and it's like <laughs> Should we just always make it Jordan goes first? I feel like. I mean, I'm fine with that. we gotta gotta keep the audience on their toes. I know. Next (laughs) week, who knows? I might not introduce this whole thing. Um, But before we start, I wanted to say like a huge thank you to everyone who's watching this like talkback show about Cruel Summer, because you guys have a lot of thoughts and a lot of comments and. Um, I'm loving it. I don't know, ladies, you've got a check chance to check out our comment section, but they brought up a couple things and I want to discuss them with you before we dive into this episode. So we were talking about like why everyone thought how like how could people think it was Isabella on the tape when they don't look anything alike? And someone brought up this sweater. So the sweater Isabella is wearing in this picture is also draped on the chair in the sex tape. I did not want to bring a screen grab of the sex tape because I felt it was very inappropriate. Uh, Agreed. Um, Thank you. And that's the sweater. So the sweater in the video, she's wearing the sweater at the Christmas party. Uh, I went back and watched the scene because someone told me this. And now knowing that it is Megan on the tape, the scene plays completely different for me. She's not running away from them because she's angry. She's just wildly embarrassed and doesn't want to talk to anybody. I think the whole intention in her, like that I'm seeing, is different. So if you haven't rewatched that moment, go back and rewatch it. Um, another thing someone brought up is remember the ID? I was like, all these weird little close ups are going to be so important. And someone brought up how the ID has a different name, a different birthday some address in Beverly Hills. And I looked it up because I'm like Broadhurst as someone who lives in Los Angeles near Beverly Hills. I don't know that address. That address doesn't exist. And the birthday makes her exactly 21. So I think it's just a fake ID so they can get alcohol. I don't think it's anything. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah. Um, I think from watching this most recent episode, especially um, everything that I'm thinking back on feels very like these are two best friends homies for life this is a fake id like there's no malice here we don't know what happened between them yet but I still think they were very like on that ride or die path
2: to me it just comes off as fake id it doesn't I don't think it's particularly shady especially with well I don't know after watching episode three it it could be shady because there are certain things that are said. But on the other hand, I think that her story about being a diplomat's daughter checks
0: out. Yeah. And she would still need a fake ID to get alcohol.
2: <laughs> exactly. And she's She'd still need a fake ID to get alcohol and that kind of thing. So I don't necessarily think it's like, oh, she's lying about who she is. No, I think that is who she is. Now, why she has a fake ID, that could be innocent or
0: shady. Right. Like, what teenager doesn't? Um, I had one, it was my sister's college. One. So let just treated. tell something. I'm going to tell
2: a really terrible story that Kiki knows about. When we were in college, we had two sets of fake IDs. There was one that all the blonde girls passed down and one that all the women of color passed down.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Look, it works. People don't really care. They care enough that they can be on camera checking an ID and like the, the end. I'm not condoning doing it. I'm not condoning no, no, no. it. This is, this is not saying to do that. No, we are just, these are our confessions. We are Usher today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> glad you made the Usher joke before I could. Thank you. Thank you. I was ahead of the game. Um, also, I appreciate that Strong Girl Army was like, yeah, what kind of, te- of like teenager doesn't know to call for a lawyer? I'm like, yes, I'm glad that we are not the only ones that were like, that's, that was dumb. I watched um, Law and Order. <laughs> I know. We went on a whole rant. So. Those are just a couple of things they brought up. I wanted to bring them up to you. So now we can dive into this episode. So the cliff biggest cliffhangers of episode two were that the cops now believe Luke was murdered and Isabella being really jealous about how much Megan is leading on Luke instead of her. And so she calls her mom and we're like, and while dumping pills down a toilet. Right. So we're like, what's happening? I don't know yet, guys, because we're going to start in July of 1999. <laughs> The girls are headed off on a weekend with the boys. It's Megan, Isabella, Luke, and the crew. This kind of confirms that Luke and Isabella are dating, which still leads into our wondering from last week of how this is going to nicely transfer. Like, because I don't know. It's a little, it's a little weird. Um, cameraman Jeff's it's a crush weird. on Megan. Oh, sorry. What'd you say? Oh doesn't make doesn't make sense i i remember being in high school we did not casually swap boyfriends because i mean there was like a group of popular kids who dated each other constantly but like that wasn't my thing that was a big deal when it happened (laughs) yeah um cameraman jeff his crush is even more forward than it was before because i didn't really notice it in the first two and kiki's like what are you talking about Okay, I was only I didn't notice it train
1: either. Oh, I noticed it. He was like filming her and all like the little side eyes, and I don't know what she was talking about. I know. I'm glad I'm not alone, George. Oh, right? She's observant that way. I'm looking at where the camera points me. Like y'all forget this is television. If I noticed it,
0: they put it in there, you know? Sure. I just completely missed it. And that's mm-hmm. okay. He says some line about film it for you as a keepsake, and I'm like, oh, because you know we're still trying to figure out who the sex tape person was. Like, did Jeff secretly film it? I am still on the train that Luke is not as innocent as he seems. But I don't know. I don't know. Did that line stand out to either of you when like it was like here and and they played for a lot of. Yeah, they planted a lot of
2: like weird little one-line evidence that make this messier than it current than we they're just planting a lot of seeds. They're planting a lot of seeds and it's it's turning into a very good gut.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kiki, did that line stand out to you when she was like joking with him. She's like whatever, I'll film it for you for a keepsake.
1: Um no, it didn't. Like honestly, I just figured I get I would get tired of having a camera on my face, so um, we all had that friend who just took pictures of everything. I mean, yeah. in college, I had two of them, and I was just like, "Stop taking pictures! Like, we don't need any damn evidence of all the shit we do." So,
0: <laughs> like, I appreciate my diary. They were like free
2: the- influencer friends. They really were. And you're like, "Be present." Can we just be present?
0: Mm-hmm. Like. I'm grateful to have that one friend that has all those photos because I now wish I had them, but maybe that's just me. (laughs) Um, Brent and the girlfriend crash the cabin and everyone's super annoyed by it. So we're like, Oh, why is the brother there now? Um, We see Isabella and Megan and Luke all doing target practice. Yes. I see the finger going up. Does anyone else think
2: girlfriend is shady? There's just something about her. She's always in a bad mood and I'm not trying to pick on our bad mood girlies cause I'm definitely one of them, but there's just something that is slightly off about her.
1: No, I for real. See. Yeah. She's, like, she's, she's beyond moody. Like, right. And she, she has something to do to these girls. For what reason? Like, I need to know what they did to her. Because if you always have that attitude around girls, you see, like, clearly mm-hmm. they're the drama girls, right? Like, they did something to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I hope we find out. Because she's a little too involved in a lot of places that she doesn't need to be. So it's almost like, I don't know. It's There's red herrings everywhere. There's clues everywhere. supposed yeah. Everyone is a suspect. But
2: I also feel mm-hmm. like it goes back to what Kiki was saying. Like, if they put it in the show, it is there intentionally. And they have, like, there are certain people in the friend group that are, like, there, but we don't know anything about them. So, I feel like the fact that the no. girlfriend keeps popping, Brent's girlfriend keeps popping up is significant.
0: hmm Absolutely. I agree completely. Uh, when the when the kids are shooting the gun, right? So, we find out uh, later that this is the gun that killed Luke. So we see that all the kids have touched it. They're all playing target practice. And even Isabella makes a joke about having diplomatic immunity if she was to kill somebody. And I was like, look at you, girl, making jokes. Riders tying it back. Because we talked about that last week, too, about if she had diplomatic immunity-wise and she just run and she's not. And they do answer that later. And I appreciate it. Um, There's this whole conversation between Megan and Jeff and his camera obsession I I feel like they're pointing us at Jeff, but I feel like he's the obvious choice and it can't be the obvious person, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Exactly. And also, to target practice, did you
2: notice that, that Isabella could not shoot like terrible, but then
1: Megan was, and which Megan I also was also like feel
2: it. like is foreshadowing. She's
1: exactly. Awesome. That was per- like practically perfect. I was like, especially with her saying like, "Oh, I want to try too." And and I'm like, "Girl, you shoot that straight on your
0: first try with no coaching?" Mhm. Yeah, exactly. You know she's been up there shooting target practice her whole life. So exactly.
1: she's like She was just, just for for viewers, if anyone has never shot a gun like, good for you. I'm very proud of you. But it's not just pointing and shooting. Okay? Not. Like there's there's mechanics to it, your body leans into it, every gun has its own quirks and tricks. Even if you are the straightest shooter, if you're shooting a gun that's not yours, you're probably not gonna hit
0: something perfectly the first time you shoot it.
1: Just yeah, saying. They're all
0: different. Um <laughs> and we get flagged by YouTube. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, This one scene that happens between Megan and Brent, where she basically gets rid of him. I don't understand what the point of this entire scene was. You know, she just calls him out for being annoying. And it's like, why are you here? You just need to leave. And she makes him leave. I don't know if it's just a filler scene, if it's maybe a scene we'll figure out later. But did you guys find any interesting thing or any point to it? I didn't get it
2: either. And I feel like it's one of those things that's gonna have to come back around later somehow yeah yeah that's
1: what i'm hoping um a lot of scenes in this episode particularly i felt like were kind of like those throw-in setup scenes that we've had in the previous episodes where it's like this is gonna circle back around later but right now this kind of just feels like well, why
0: are we going here like we don't need to be here exactly so i'm glad I, i'm glad it wasn't just me i literally wrote it down only because i was like what is the point <laughs> I normally wouldn't skip something like that, but I was like, there's no point. So at that night, they play this two truths and a lie game, and they also tell ghost stories. And this is kind of where we finally get to see Isabella and Megan really bond some more and kind of really solidify their friendship. Um, I love how Isabella lies about being a sleepwalker, and Megan lies for her. She gives her that like friendship nod, and Megan's like, I'm in. Um, But Isabella also mentions the mysterious Lisa again, which we still don't know anything about. We just know she exists. Uh, And then Megan, um, she tells Megan that she's like, I know Jeff has a crush on you. And Megan's like, no, he doesn't. But then it's always that one friend who tells you who shatters that perfect glass that you're trying to deny. And now, which I love that scene because that's happened to me growing up. Like this guy likes you. And you're like, of course he doesn't. And then it makes everything weird. If you don't feel the same way,
1: mm-hmm. it makes mean, everything
2: worse if you do feel the same way, because I've also had it happen in that situation.
0: Facts.
1: That's true. Um, and then you said it, and a friend's been like, I know, because I've told you, Sarah, <laughs> 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 and you're like, I know, and he needs to stop. <laughs> I,
2: was, <laughs> I was sitting here thinking, <laughs> I was like, is actually one of the friends who did that to me. Emo night 2016, picture it.
0: if you ever need that glass shatter just ask pp it's a lot of water (laughs) in my chart (laughs) (laughs) like i know he needs to stop i know exactly when that was um uh, Speaking of water, it starts raining and the boys go inside and do like weird boy shit, which I think was so hilarious. And then the girls leave and they go back home because they're like, we're not going to sleep there with these weirdos and their weirdness. And they come home to see Megan's mom making out with her estranged father. And this is really the moment when they have like a porch, like like a teenager, like wasn't even trying to hide it. They got neighbors. Nope. she thought her kid was out the house. You know, give her a minute. I know. She got neighbors. She got neighbors. I used Do like they, they kind of look like you live in the back country. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they don't got neighbors. Uh, but the girls bond over having really bad parents where Isabella's are just never around and throw money at her. And Megan's dad. Uh, was always never around and they have a really like bad relationship together. I'm assuming they that her and her mom probably constantly or him and her mom got back together all the time, broke up all the time is what it seems like, which is why she's like, why again? What are you doing to yourself? And this is the moment they truly become friends. And I think it is moments like this in life is when you really bond with your friends and when you really like cross that line. It's when you talk about vulnerable things. And so I think it was really nice to see.
1: Yeah. Um, Did they mention her dad's a musician? Yeah, that her dad's a musician. I know friends who have like musician daddies and like athlete daddies and they just aren't around. Oh,
2: yeah. No, I had a musician
1: dad and he was like never
2: around. So when my parents eventually did separate and get divorced, I was like, (laughs) okay, not really different. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, which is always like a sad situation because growing up, like I never realized I was, it was weird for me to have a single parent because there were a lot of kids who, in my opinion, looked like they were living the single parent life, but really they just had those dads that were like always working, always gone. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, we the same. <laughs>
0: I love how summer of 1999 is setting all of this up. I think it's doing a really good job of giving us hints and solidifying friendships and just really like setting the foundation of the story to come.
1: I mean, I feel differently about summer 1999. Really? You tell. Because even though it's setting a foundation, it's giving us so many tidbits that are confusing where we never know where we stand in any relationship with each other. Um that I'm just like, well, how'd we get to the end, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm, I
2: feel like I'm fascinated to see how it most- all comes tumbling
1: down because we clearly know it
2: is going to come tumbling down. So it's fascinating to see these relationships get built up and, like, grow and form, knowing that it turns on a dime and by the following summer, everything is a mess. Which, yeah. honestly, is very much like teenagehood. I feel like in adulthood, it's you process differently. So even though from one year to the next your life can be completely different. You just you have a different way of processing, like dealing with those things.
0: I think as a teenager it's a lot more stark and difficult. Absolutely because you're learning how to handle everything. It's your first time. It's like your first time experiencing any of it. Yeah. Can I tell you, this is why I get so
2: annoyed when people are mad that babies are crying because I'm like, that little SLB has never felt pain before, okay? Never in his whole life. I don't care if he just stubbed his toe. That is the worst pain he
1: has ever felt. Fact. It's very true. I'm like, dude, it, like when people were complaining about that baby crying on the airplane, I'm like, yo, right? this is his first, like, this is his first life. He don't know. He don't know his ears he, don't go back to normal. He don't know he right? he
0: can't yeah. communicate like all he's saying is that it's not right for him right now yeah he doesn't know he's on a plane he doesn't know he's like a bajillion feet in the air all he knows he is his his know tummy his in his ears people. yeah
1: I mean babies communicate by crying so it's like they don't know that their crying is upsetting other people they're like this is how I talk bitch like I'm sorry <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly Uh, So let's start talking about December of 1999, our Twilight Blue filter. Uh, Isabella did tell Megan's mother that she is the one on the sex tape, that Megan is the one on the sex tape. And that is something that we weren't sure about last episode. And Megan is pissed. And rightfully so, in my opinion, because that's not her place. That is my place. You know? No, it, it was not her
2: place. And she Isabella says that she did it because she didn't want to disappoint Megan's mom. And Megan's mom is like a second mother to her now. And blah, blah, and this, that, the other. When, like it was blatantly for revenge. She overheard that conversation and she was upset about it. It really didn't have anything to do with her relationship with yeah. Megan's mom. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it does feel revenge motivated. But we did see in that previous scene, in the previous episode, that Megan's mom was really like lashing into Isabel about it like you better hope she forgives you because what you did was so wrong you better hope you don't get kept like all those things I'm just like those things would set me off too especially if my friend who I'm covering for decided not to lean on me and go lean on their freaking boyfriend so now i just look like the ultimate bad guy like i have no friends on the side of it and i'm like the one who has the eye on me i'd be like and i have to deal with this drama in my own home like i'm staying here i'm living here so i could see how she
0: could break like i might break if someone was treating me a type of way yeah it just didn't seem like she broke it felt purposeful and pointed like you know what i mean like that felt malicious yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah. like it was her dragging Megan back to her. Absolutely. It's a manipulation tactic, for sure. Yeah. And, um,
2: and you know what? Like Teenagers do dumb, malicious things because, again, they can't process their feelings.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And I do appreciate, like, and Megan said that she felt was, feel- no Megan, I'm sorry, Isabella said at the time she was also feeling like Megan wouldn't do the same thing for her. And I have to agree. I don't think Megan would do the same thing oh, for yeah. Isabella. Mm -hmm. Even after they had that conversation where Megan says she would because they are ride or die and she's no longer uh, mad at her and she appreciates the sacrifice because she understands what she's sacrificing. Um, And she uh, forgives her and says she understands and, you know, Isabella accepts the forgiveness. But yeah, I don't, I still don't think even if Megan says she'd do the same, she wouldn't.
2: I'm going to go on a limb and say, clearly say that she would not because somehow they end up not talking and there's no way you go from like ride or die to absolutely not talking without there being some sort of disconnect or betrayal or weirdness there. So there's something that something don't smell right.
1: But also makes me feel like it could be more of the other way where like Isabella might've been like, I keep doing crazy shit for this girl. And why am I doing this? She's not giving anything back to this friendship. Mm-hmm. Now there's blood on my hands. I'm exactly. just going to leave.
0: Part of me almost thinks if they're making continue to make this sex tape such a big deal, that maybe eventually it comes out. There's a moment where Isabella's like, it wasn't me, it was Megan. And Megan's like, what are you talking about? And never claims it in the way that she's saying she would. That's true because
1: Megan Ooh, isn't at yeah. school. So. If Megan you know, is there, maybe it does come out in some sense. Maybe Luke puts it out there. Who
0: knows?
1: We don't know, know yet.
0: We don't know yet. Uh, but Luke is still volunteering, speaking of him, at the police station. And Officer Jack talks to him about how, like, everything's going to be okay. And Luke is, like, staring off mysteriously into the lake, skipping rocks alone. You know, <laughs> And then he, s- someone... Someone, it was very obvious who, drops off a box of tapes (laughs) Um, to the sheriff because, you know, he's trying to get his brother in trouble. And then Luke shows up at Megan's restaurant after all this. And Isabella's pissed that he's there. Megan's like, why are you here? Not mad about it. Happy to see her boyfriend. But you can just see the raging jealousy going on still. Just because bro walked in, she didn't ask him to come. It's getting a little single white female up in here. Yeah. It's it's getting messy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I thought well, this
2: scene- is. This- no, no, go ahead. Cause I think I'm getting my scenes mixed
0: mixed up. Okay. Um are you going yeah, I think I'm about to talk about. Yeah. It's later in the restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. wanna- we can talk about that and we can go back to what I was gonna do. I'm talking about Jeff. No, and- no, let's for- go in order. And- Keep going. Okay. Keep going. You're fine. So, okay. Daddy Chambers pulls rich mom shit with the sheriff. Cause the sheriff obviously calls in Brent and his father to talk about these tapes. And he pulls the, I give you this money. I fund your campaign. I fund this entire town. There's nothing. We got to handle our own things. The cops like, well, some of these girls on the tapes are underage, bro. And they go back and forth. But in the end, daddy chambers wins and i just like love that his form of punishment is like a stern talking to like oh so scary dad I'm gonna yeah, handle you're lucky i
1: didn't put you under the jail like uh okay your freaking son is a creep like you really should let him be punished do something
2: if you're not going to let the police punish him you need to do something to yeah. get across to this boy, that his behavior is not okay. Which, like, just talking to him is not going to do it. Because if just talking to him would stop it, he never would have done it in the first place.
0: Right. Like, him, the dad, like, grabbing him by the neck in the car and, like, shaking him. I was like, this is the least scary, least threatening thing I've ever seen from a parent. <laughs> like, this was nothing. Take his car it keys. Take his, I don't know, take something. Do something. I know. Because yeah. that's... He's the type of guy. Brent is the type of guy that it will start with tapes, and it will turn into assault. It will always escalate because the tapes will no longer be enough, and exactly. he's refusing and to see in his son and do anything about it. He has, he has no boundaries. Hmm. Exactly. So, and then you, the dad has like Brent the has audacity. The what? <laughs> Say
2: it again, Jordan. Aff- affluenza, you don't remember that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah affluenza. affluenza. Yeah, Brent has oh, affluenza.
0: Sure. affluenza. <laughs> <laughs> Opulence. <Yeah>. That's um, <laughs> so good. But and also- then her dad? go ahead go ahead
1: (laughs) but also also, i think it sets an example that someone will clean up the mess forever and that's the issue here like Mm -hmm. it's going to be a problem it's going to be something that you can't get over doing in life and like your dad's always going to be cleaning up for you this isn't just like the one cleanup you know
0: right it never is it's never one it's never one and then Luke's dad, like, has the audacity to sit him down and talk to him about Brent and then th- basically threaten him, you know, And I'm, because he turned his brother in. He's like, this is our art. This is family business. And I I liked so, but I did like how he described his two sons because he was like, we call them Delta Sierras in the military. They're the people that have your back, in a cri- but, like, not outside of that, out of a crisis. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's your brother. He's not good with anything. But he's like so pissed and humiliated in all this and putting all this pressure on Luke to be like the perfect son for their family. And I just feel like – like, and Luke is livid. And I would be too. It's like your son did this horrible thing and you're mad at me? Yeah. The dad's alive. Because you've got to protect future. the brand. And I feel like we talked about this – we talked about this
2: either in our episode one or episode two talk back that his dad is a brand man. Like it's all about the family brand and appearances and the money and all of that. It's not really about the crime that was committed. It's about how the crime made us look.
0: Yep. 100%. Uh, And then the final scene of 19 of December of 1999 is what Jordan, you were thinking of earlier. It's Jeff cameraman, Jeff and a friend, another friend come to the restaurant and they're dicks. To Isabella, and like, who, what, who, what place is that of yours? Like, where does the audacity come from for you to like come at her like that when she used to be your friend? And then he like comes from Megan being like, you chose the wrong guy. So then we know somewhere we're going to see her choosing between Luke and him. And uh, he also tells her that he knows it's her on the tape because he recognized her laugh. So I thought that was interesting
2: um i feel like or, or jeff cameraman jeff is a self-described nice guy 100 percent. oh my gosh
1: okay that's exactly where i was going <laughs> so yeah so, i was about I'm to a, say i'm a nice jeff, guy jeff has those like ulterior motives you know jeff feels like he's putting in the time effort and work of being a good friend and it should pay off and I feel nothing for Jeff. He gives me the heebie-jeebies. Whatever happens to him happens to him.
0: Yeah. I was like, wow, that's what you're going to do. But I feel like that's going to have to play out somewhere later in the future. And I, it might be the friendship ending thing is this tape and Megan not coming forward. <sighs> that's where my brain goes. Um, and then we have a scene of Brent confronting Luke about the tapes and being like, well, our dad owns the sheriff. So he, Brent understands the family dynamic. He knows that he'll always be safe unless someone murders him. Why is Brent the one that's alone? Um, and then he says that he, because Luke denies giving the tapes to the cops, he's like going to live on that rock forever. Uh, and he says that he believes Luke, but he then threatens Isabella and saying that she'll get what's coming to her. And I was like, oh well, okay. And then the girls threaten everybody. Threaten everybody. And then I'm sorry, that wasn't the final scene. This is the final scene. The girls confronting Jeff, blackmailing him to keep his mouth shut. So I was like, they're like, look, you want to play grown man games, girl? We got you. (laughs) Which (laughs) I was like, so I forget, did they, because what they blackmail him with is they said
2: that Megan's like, oh, I know how you get all the money to buy that expensive camera equipment. Do we
1: know what that is? Did I forget? Or no, do we not know yet? I don't yet? think we do yet. No, we have no idea. But I'm assuming it's got something to do with drugs or, you know, something t- some type of illicit bad behavior
0: that could cause a problem for everyone. For sure. Um, so I'm excited to see what that is. <laughs> Uh and then diving into what I'm gonna call present day. It's our July 2000 green grunge filter. Um, officer, Officer Jack comes to Megan's house to discuss the ballistics report. And he says that the gun is registered to Stephen Chambers, who's Luke's dad, and the three prints are Luke, Isabella, and Megan. And as we saw in the first round of conversation, they all talked, they all used the gun over that summer. Um I love to see this journalist trying to sneakily talk to Megan about Luke, but it doesn't go well. I was like, girl, you're not good at your job. You're <laughs> terrible. You were real bad. wearing was glasses. Not- yeah, she's like, oh, she didn't have vacationed here. Oh, <laughs> just kidding. Gave that up so fast. I was like, you are not investigative. You are not good at this. ma'am.
1: No. But I remember we were watching some show where there was a character like this who basically just like ran a blog and it wasn't yeah. like, well, it was like Pretty Little Liars or something that pulled us some show I don't, show posted,
0: I I don't know we, saw. we watch a lot, we watch a lot, guys <laughs> um, a lot Isabella's
2: movie,
0: mother guys. Uh, Isabella's mother does not come, instead it is a woman named Rebecca that I have also dubbed Young Viola Davis <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> <laughs> She was giving that Annalise
2: for sure she, was giving I mean, Anna, she Listen, I just rewatched How to Get Away with Murder. She
0: was giving Annalise. Absolutely. I also think she just looks like a young, ver- younger version of her. Like she could be her daughter. I was like, who is this lady? Who is the family lawyer is what I kind of came to a conclusion to. Because I was like, who is she? Uh, so Isabella explains a lot of things away. She explains that the three of them used the gun for target practice, which we saw. She explains take, why she took the blame for the sex tape. And then Rebecca tells her to, like, keep very minimal, like, no contact with Megan and Debbie. And we also learn why she can't do the diplomatic immunity, which is because it'll look bad because of St. Bart's last winter. What does that mean? What is St. Bart's? Is this what happened to Lisa?
1: That's
2: what I I mean. My crack theory is that something happened to Lisa and St. Bart's.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. But this also further solidifies that, uh, Isabella was up to no good and has been up to no good before. Like, we really want to just clear her name, but we can't. The girl's yeah. got history. Sorry it
2: just dawned on me you know who like isabella reminds me of georgina hmm. sparks from gossip girl like she's just a trouble girl like she's a partier she just jumps from town to town she's looking for a good time she doesn't care if people get in trouble with her and i feel like this is probably the first time that she started to put down roots and have emotions and it still blew up in her face very it's giving heavy georgina sparks energy
0: yeah i can yeah. see that i love that good job good good thinking stinking Uh, And then we have this scene between Luke, Luke's dad, and Debbie, Megan's mom. She's like, she brings over casserole. They talk about Luke's death. He mentions the fingerprints on the gun, but he says he doesn't suspect anything because, you know, he knows the kids uh, shoot the gun off in the summer. However, he mentions that the cabin was cleaned recently and it wasn't their cleaner and it wasn't any of them. So we remember in the couple previous episodes, we saw Megan furiously cleaning something somewhere and it's that cabin and they now know that someone was in this cabin, something happened in this cabin, and it's a matter of if Mr. Chambers will actually say anything about knowing this about the cabin because he likes to keep things to himself. So we'll see. Uh, Isabella warns Debbie and Megan that they need to get a really good lawyer, which they do. And we learn that Megan's father is paying for it. And she is very upset about it because, as we learned also, she's has a tumultuous relationship with her dad and she's not happy about it. And her mom's like, look, I haven't asked him for anything in 12 years or whatever it was. Um, and then they go into the police station and Megan 84 oh, years. And then we go to the police station, and Megan and Isabella have this really weird, like, somber stare off. Did you notice that? I was like, why? What is this?
1: I didn't find like, it weird. Because it's always weird seeing your former friend in public. It just is. Yeah. Just I looked at that and so I was like, you better be saying what you said you was going to say in there,
0: bitch, type of look yeah. to me. <laughs> i was just like this is a very long like it was like he looks at me and i look at him it was very much that energy to me because it just went on for so long
1: no that's the stare you give your friend when you're about to walk into standards and you're like you better say exactly what i said or i'm a murder (laughs) (laughs)
2: i'm not going down for this you better stick to the goddamn story
0: So the sheriff is questioning Isabella and Megan with their representation. They both have lawyers and it cuts back and forth asking all the same questions that, you know, we knew what they were going to ask about the fingerprints, being mad after the party and if they wanted revenge or something. And when the last time it was, that they saw Luke. Now this is where some things go wrong. Megan like, says, you know, that they left the party, went to the beach, and then she dropped him off at home a couple hours later. However the evidence would say, you are a liar! And that is not what happened. Um, I was like, it's a very Maury moment.
2: <laughs> you know? It's a very the, Maury moment.
0: It was so good. The camera footage says otherwise. Um, Isabella says she hasn't been to the cabin since last summer. However, the sheriff found a bag and a crawl space in the cabin, which is the scene, of they feel, of Luke's murder, with a ton of money inside of it. So, This one ended very much a little dun-dun-dun moments. It
2: did, but I also felt like the thing with the money is kind of thin, just because if she is a diplomat's daughter and she travels so much, she probably does need to have random, especially in the 90s. Like, she needs to have cash on her. Sure. She probably, and like having American cash probably isn't the only thing. She probably has like all different kinds of like foreign cash on her because who knows where she's going to be. Like, that to me feels just thin, like. Knowing people who worked in the travel industry, knowing people who worked in politics in the 90s, you always had cash on you because you're going to end up somewhere and you have to go to the money exchange. It's not like it is now where you just use your card or your Apple Pay everywhere.
1: Yeah, it was like cash or traveler's checks. Like you had Mm. random amounts of money on you because you were never in the same country. Um, That didn't freak me out. If anything, I want to know why it was there though. Because who just hides money in the roof or the walls of the cabin. Also, why are the cops looking there? I don't know. I just don't know enough.
0: The cops look all over the cabin and they found it in a crawl space. It's called an investigation, Kiki. That's <laughs> what they do. My big thing is like, where were Megan and Luke then? Cause the camera footage caught her in a big lie. And what is she gonna say next? Mm-hmm. That's what I want to know. I think Isabella's is way easier to explain.
2: Oh, Hi, yeah, same.
0: I think that makes it a lot
2: harder.
1: Exactly. But I think because it is easy to explain, it's not her. <laughs> like, they're giving us so much information on her. And yeah. we have, like, like, I just feel like the most about her so far that I'm like, there's no way it's her. Like, it, they can't make it this obvious, you know? Even just throwing that state arts thing on us, I was like, can't be her now. <laughs> I'm starting to feel like it's
0: very Chicago
2: and they both reached for the gun. Like, I don't I don't know. Yeah,
0: yeah I don't know either. Like, I feel like, you know, with season one, it was Jeanette, so it was the most obvious choice. But I feel like they can't go that way again. But maybe they can, and that's why they'll do it. I don't know. I don't know anymore. But Jeanette was
2: the, Jeanette was the obvious choice in a way that was not obvious
0: yes exactly but no yeah, but didn't it turn amazing. out being so i don't i don't
1: it, you Whatever. say? i was like I, exactly. I, I thought like it was like her friend was on jeanette's bike and saw her yeah. like jeanette's ex her best friend, friend was friend the that one who
2: was, was on the bike and saw her but then jeanette was in the house and heard her so, so i'm saying jeanette never lied because jeanette was always like oh i didn't see her i didn't see her i didn't see her she did not yeah. see her. She, she did not see her. her. There's a difference. She heard her.
1: Yeah. Because she was still playing in that house. That's right. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I
2: feel like it is going to... I think, I think somehow Megan and Isabella are both involved. I think that they had already had a fallout when it happened because of something to do with the sex tape. Yeah. And... I think this is like their one. I Because honestly, I think them showing blackmailing Jeff was important because it shows that there's a pattern of them blackmailing. So somehow I think they were both involved and it's like mutual blackmail. We both go down together or nobody goes
0: down at all situation. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, I really enjoyed this episode. This is the longest discussion we've had about an episode because a lot was given, a lot of like back and forth of like here's a clue. Nope. Here's the answer. Here's a clue. Here's the answer. You're like, Oh, checking things off the box as you go. And I just really liked it. Cause it still continues to give me just as many questions as it gives me answers.
2: I definitely think we're getting into the meat and I'm very hyped.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're getting close. Um, this episode desperately made me want the next episode. I know. Um, And we're mm -hmm. watching
0: them one at a time like everyone and it's like painful. (laughs) I was just like
1: no. mm -mm. Like I need to see it all. Like what are you talking about? No. I know. Because all you did was give me a bunch of loose ends and (laughs) mm -hmm. it's now a tangled web of mess. I'm here for it.
0: Well that's all I have for episode three of season two of Cruel Summer. If there's anything else you guys have to say. Did we miss anything? That's all I got. I think we're good. Looking forward to next week. Tell us what you think. (laughs) And again, thank you for commenting. Thank you for watching. Because we do this because we love to talk about it. We like to talk about it with people. So uh, until next week, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, thumbs up, ring the bell, all the good things. And until next time, we'll see you later. May mãe,